Buddy in the live. There were four watching, so. Five. I see five. Oh, man. Anybody in the Check chat it yet? out. Andrew Wick. Howdy, hey, Andrew. Fellas. How you doing, man? What's going on? John Wick was his uncle we just established with mm-hmm. Ian, right? Yeah. Ian episode? Yeah, I th- I th- it must be. Yeah. It's only logical. Yeah. Okay, I sent out the email. So we should be good. We'll just let the... This, the the uh, watchers roll in here for a little mm-hmm. bit. And um, I actually have a surprise, a little surprise for you guys. Oh, oh I love surprises. Yeah. yeah. So Christmas present. Yeah, we're going to do an episode where basically it's going to be a radio communications episode coming up here. Well, when this comes out in the podcast, it'll be have been last week. This will probably be filler content. Um, okay. And whenever we're doing that, whenever we're doing radio comms, we're always either using Scott's tail number or I'm tr- like, we're randomly trying to think of random tail numbers that may or may not be somebody's mm-hmm. mild tail number. You're trying desperately not to use accidentally say a company call sign, that co- that sort of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. So I have reserved us through the FAA officially a tail number so we can use it. And know that it's nobody else. We're not saying somebody else's tail number. We're not using accidentally saying the wrong tail number. So it'd be like the official tail number of the show. Like whenever we're, whenever it's come up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So it's um, 151, 151 nice. Whiskey Whiskey. Nice. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> so that's that's the that's the call sign. That's the tail number we're gonna use on the show. Whenever uh, whenever it comes up, whenever you're like real quick, we need to like. It's not gonna be habit at first. I but, I wrote it down. Yeah, I was I gonna say down. I need to write it down, even though I should just remember that because it's pretty easy. Yeah, that should, yeah. should one, roll right off yeah, the tongue. Yeah. One five one whiskey whiskey yeah. November one five one whiskey whiskey. We can. Th- it's not registered to any plane. Nice. It's just reserved with the FAA, so we can throw any plane we want for an example and use it. A very versatile tail number for us. Eventually, yeah, absolutely. hopefully, I'll throw it on an aircraft. You know, yeah, probably be a powered parachute or like a weight shift control on amphibs or something. But uh, whatever, you can always transfer to the next thing. You know, as you graduate up or whatever, yeah. just transfer yeah, well, to the yeah. next thing. With like one of those, it's a matter of just getting some wire cutters and popping the zip ties, and you can change the tail number on it. Right. You know, yep. it's not like it's a paint job. Right. Yeah. Tyler said that it's uh, listed as 127, not 137. It's 137 on the, what we're recording here, oh, though, which wow. I guess is what's oh, important. Is it? Did oh, you yeah. put it wrong and rumble? Rob Good F. catch, uh, Tyler. Uh, Andrew, yeah. we do sell off-road parts at yeah. Forest Cycle. Just depends on what you need. We've got a little <laughs> bit of everything. Customer service is great over it there, is. too, I've heard. No, we actually just closed to the public. So Officially? Well, we put signs out, but it doesn't stop everybody. Yeah, you still got the old timers yeah, rolling in. Yeah, so we get you get the people that oh, those signs don't apply to me. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody thinks right. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Oh, no sign means me. I've I've talked to them before. They know me, so it doesn't mean yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. You got twenty. I called lot. earlier. Yeah, yeah. I called a right. couple years ago. Yep. That's not me. Yeah, I bought parts off you ten years ago. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Come on in. Right, right, right. We got twenty. I uh, show twenty three watching now. So d- yeah, twenty seven. I see. It's rolling, Mike. They're rolling in now. We just, we just. I just surprised Lee and Scott. I, uh, I think it's called reserved a tail number. 
Yeah, from you're the FAA. Sure, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, yeah. We're, we're about to do this uh, sample flight, and whenever we do these radio communications examples, we're always trying to come up with a tail number and stuff to use. So I, I reserved one, so we know we're not accidentally using anyone else's tail number. Um, so we got one fifty one one five one whiskey whiskey. Uh, so November one five one whiskey whiskey will be the call sign for the episode coming up here, and uh, and future examples for the show. I just think it. I just thought it rolled off the tongue nice. One fifth one five one whiskey is actually a uh, somebody already had it. It was P fifty one Mustang. Nice. Uh, well, it's, it's on it. Yeah, so that's a worthy cause too. Yeah, absolutely. So we're, we're the two W's. One fifty one whiskey whiskey. I like I like where you went with that. Yeah, I appreciate that. I, I was rolling those brainstorming um, when I got it, and I was like, just like this. You know what? This is probably the one. I I just like I'm I'm impressed, but I also like I don't know like how much time do you really have that you had to find out that one five one whiskey was already taken, and that you even wanted to do this in general. Um, I probably I spent a few hours on it. A little little concerning to me. Yeah. yeah, I thought it was a worthy if we as long as we keep it for a while. Yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I'm trying to figure out how to make my screen stay on, so I don't have to keep messing with it on my phone. Hold on. I just pulled a Lee coming into a Class Charlie airport. They called me twice, and I told them, hold on, we're doing things. <laughs> nice. And how did it Mike. go? Yeah. <laughs> how did that go? Tell me more, please. <laughs> and also, buy me some time, because I got to figure out how to keep this screen from turning off. Tyler, Tyler says, bravo for whiskey. But they wouldn't let you do that, though. You got to have the, if you, you have two letters, but they got to both be at the very end. Yeah, I think that you're right. Mark. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I no, they definitely it. have to be. Yeah. In the U.S. anyway, um, you can have up to two letters in your tail number in the United States. Uh, but the letters have to be at the end, and you cannot choose the letter O or the letter I because they can be mistaken for a one or a zero. And then what's the other stipulation? You cannot start your tail number with a zero. Right. Yep. Okay. I think I, I, think I got that figured out there, so that's ho- hopefully helpful. Um, Aviation Mike said he, he he held until I called him back. So that's good. Pulling the Lee worked in that situation. Yeah, I mean, and not, I'm not I'm not saying that's always the thing, but they also sometimes it's nice to not send a message. That is the wrong phrase, but they need to understand that we are the other side of their job. And when we call them, how is it? How annoying is it when they just gave somebody an IFR clearance? or some type of clearance, and you know the other person needs to read it back, but you just jump in there anyways. Like, people do that all the time, and it's super annoying to them, I'm sure. So them, when you are in a high workload, relatively speaking, point in time, and they're going to ask you and query you multiple times without without a response, they that should be like kind of their go-to thought process is, oh, they might be busy. Because that's what mine is when when they're doing something and I and I check on and they haven't gotten right back to me. I just heard them talking to somebody. They'll get back to me. And if they don't have for a long time, yeah, I'll, I'll say something. But it doesn't need to be boom, 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 rapid fire. Controlled towers are typically working more with two flight crew members, which is more common to get an immediate response. When it's two people to talk to one person in theory... It's probably what they're, I'm just trying to think what's going through. Why is there stipulation that ATC won't immediately get, always get back to you, but ATC, like the pilot should always immediately get back to ATC. I'm just trying to figure out why that's out there in the 
consensus? I, I don't think that they think, I assume that they are probably, they don't think that we are multitasking to the degree that they are. Because they are clearly most of the time multitasking more than we are. Yeah. When we're en route for long periods of time, we're not really doing that much. Um, just monitoring or systems monitors at that point. When we get kind of into the terminal environment, we, yeah, we start having checklists to run and configuring to do and mental math we're doing, you know, to be configured on speed and get the flaps down, gear down, all that stuff, not break any limitations, comply with all the regulations as best we can. And then especially right after we land where you're in this, which is where I have seen it the most, you know, they want you to get off at a certain a taxiway and it's not really feasible for you because you know you've you're transferring you know um controllability of the airplane from wings and control surfaces to rudder and or, uh, you know nose wheel steering and brakes and those sorts of things so you kind of traverse a uh, a little bit of a area where controllability is an issue especially if there's any uh, runway contamination involved and you're trying to keep you know you you, you know your um you're trying to keep on top of all those things. They want you to make a certain taxiway. And that is not really in our, that's not even in our sphere of thought at that point in time. As we make call outs, you know, in the transport category world, we have call outs and things we need to, we're saying and relaying to each other as you uh, do all the decelerating to get down to taxi speed to turn off the runway uh, if you don't have a high speed but a high-speed taxi, like one that goes at like a 45-degree angle or 30-degree angle off the runway, um, if you don't have one of those, you need to get down to taxi speed to turn off, to make that 90-degree typical turnoff. And there's a balancing act that needs to happen there. And that, that's where I've seen it. That's where it's happened to me the most, the multiple. Yeah. I just, I remember and I was coming whatever. back from Appleton, Wisconsin once over to Lake Michigan, trying to get flight following, and they just ignored me, which I understand, 150. They're probably too busy for, for my nonsense. But it would have felt better going over Lake Michigan. I did not know about, you know, milk jug safety back in those yeah, days. Yeah, I was going to say, did you have your milk jugs with you? I didn't. You had no milk jugs at all? No. Nope. I mean, if you... Only, if you, only Coast Guard approved life jackets. Yeah, I mean... Screwed. And those are worthless. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's... What's, that what, been, what are you going to do with those? How are you going to even... <laughs> yeah, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. Oh, man. Amateurs. Yeah, double as a seat cushion, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I guess you could sit on it on your way yeah. down. Yeah, make you feel better. <laughs> yeah. Or you could put it in front of your face so that when you... It's like an airbag. Yeah, like an airbag. Yeah. Would yeah. a milk jug work for that? Though? Maybe not as well for that. <laughs> well, the milk jug, I mean, yeah, it would work for that too. But the milk jug would work as a flotation device afterwards. I was doing the installation of my very house. Very versatile. Yeah. You guys know this... It's called Great Stuff. It's like this foam in a can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. If you filled a milk jug up with that, imagine how like much of a safety device that would be. Yeah. Like and you, you wouldn't steroids. have to worry about it. Yeah. Breaking. And, and then you could, that could handle the impact. You know, yeah. and hold it you up. just write Boston Whaler on the side of right. it and you're good to yeah. go. Well, I got stickers. I got stickers. There you go. Just yeah. stick it right on there. Yeah. Yeah. Buy yourself yeah. a cricket yeah. and make some yeah. decals, right. some Boston Whaler decals on the side. Oh. Need more volume for Rob. Oh, is my volume low? You are a little. You now? are a little quiet. Really? Uh, how do I sound now? Is that, is that good for you guys? Yeah, fine with me. How do I it's sound? Me. I love right. this setup because I can like move around and I can still talk right into the microphone. 
I know. I can lean, I'm, I'm, I'm really I actually can jealous. I lean back in my chair. I can look this way. I can look this way. Well, you're the way. pilot on the upcoming episode. And I can keep so. talking the whole time. And it's just, yeah. it's perfect. I think this is the setup we need. I, I agree. I'm so jealous. Yeah. It's crossed my mind. We have to get better quality ones than that, though. They make broadcast. I, broadcast I think I, yeah, I, paid, I paid like $15 for this thing. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and that included the extended warranty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is top shelf, top of the line. <laughs> okay. We got to find some non Bose ones, though, because I don't want, unless they're sponsoring the show, I don't want the free advertisement. You know what I mean? We could always and just put cover up their it. name. Yeah. As much as people see the side of our head, you know. Yeah. Shut up, Tyler. Don't tell him that. Yeah. Jeez, Tyler. God. Derailing the yeah, whole thing. Right. Now we Definitely. Gotta... Yeah, no, it's terrible. Um, Okay. I mean, we could begin to start an episode here. Do we have... Well, if not, I have like a little story that I'd like to oh, share. Go, 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 go. So we were going to... Scott, my, my you got to stop breathing, I, though. That was me. I'm sorry. You, okay. No, I'll, Scott's going to stop breathing. breathing. That's a, no, that may have been that. me. I think that was me. I'm not sure. Um, so my family and I were loaded up in this Cherokee that I used to fly to our cottage. So uh, we pull it out, do a quick pre-flight on it, all the normal stuff, control surfaces, fuel, oil, drain the sumps, uh, just a general condition ex- inspection, make sure everything's still hooked up right and moving right. It wasn't a hack thing. Like I did a pre-flight, right? Okay. So we go get in, we load in, we load all our stuff, uh, get the kids loaded in, and we go in and I um, do the normal uh, pre-flight checks like in the interior, get you know get the DG set up and make sure everything's good and erect and correct and all the normal stuff, get the GPS going and make sure the frequencies are right, the volume's good, audio panel's set up. Um, I check the fuel selector, it's on, I check fuel proper tank. And then, so I take the fuel selector and I, so this is right after I start up, like 30 seconds or less after I, after I start up, you know, I'm looking basically engine starts. I'm looking for oil pressure, make sure everything's good. Quick scan, set my DG or my heading indicator and fuel sector valve on the fullest tank. So I do that. We get taxiing. We weren't even moving yet. Right. Um, so we get moving taxiing. Uh, it's a pretty short taxi, but not like the runway's right there. And I do a run-up, mag check, carb heat test. Everything's good. Check oil pressure, gain oil temperature. And then I bring from 2,000 RPM, um, which is where I did the mag check and the carb heat test, I bring the power back and to idle just to make sure it will idle. I want to make sure it's a good idle. And that's typically kind of my sign that that it's going to be it's warm enough for takeoff. We weren't registering much oil temp yet. Um, so then, as I recommend to all of my students – um, primary students, when you're going to go do your first flight of the day, basically treat that takeoff like a maximum performance takeoff. If you haven't flown in a while and the airplane sat, this, that, the other thing. So I do a static brakes are set. I'm holding the brakes. We're on, we're on the runway now, lined up to take off. I do full power check gauges, brakes release, get rolling down the runway, get about to rotation. About, I saw about 50, 55. Uh, I mean, I, I had already started pulling engine quits. Really? Yep. In a lycoming. Yeah, well, that's what I thought because my family's sitting right behind me. And I noticed as I brought the power back from full 
to idle. So there's somebody in the pattern. I mean, I can't, I can't really t- like spade, like I, I'm not good at storytelling. So that's why I suck. But, um, so when I know there's a bonanza in the pattern, but in the moment, the engine just failed. I'm coasting down the runway, you know, 50 miles an hour, probably by this point, I'm trying to think, okay, it just rained a shitload of rain. I don't want to take this thing off the side of the runway. Cause it's going to get stuck. And cause it's low spots on both sides. So I'm thinking this guy's gonna gonna and it's pretty it's strong out of the north on this day the runway I was using so I know they want to use this runway I don't want to ditch it in the side of the um off the side of the runway but I notice when I bring it from idle or from uh, full power to idle that the engine's kind of does like a little like a little hiccup and picks up power again I'm like well what's going on there so I jam it in again and the accelerator pump squirts fuel back in so i basically accelerator pump so i just i'm just running throttle open and closed to keep the engine at least turning over to give me enough thrust and i mean i'm i'm really working this this throttle to keep enough in our rpm in to give me thrust to get off the runway at least so i get clear of the runway and it was pretty pretty long run um probably like i don't know maybe three thousand feet to the to the first turnoff so i get there and the fuel selector rattled, not necessarily too off, but off enough Jeez. that it was, it was, so when I reset it in the detent, it was off just a little bit. It was a brand new fuel selector. I mean, I've flown the airplane. It's been flown several times since the fuel selector is installed, but it's really, I don't want to call it loose. It's very fluid. It's the way I want it to work, but I just wasn't precise enough in my placement of it when I put it, when I did my fuel site, fuel proper tank. And it was on the proper tank, but I always like move it and then move it back. I don't know why I do that. Maybe I shouldn't do that, but I like that. I like to make sure that it's in the detent. But in this case, it was just off enough and it rattled off of that detent um, just enough some way or another, or I bumped it and uh, cut out. And it's just like the simplest, the stupidest, simplest thing, you know, could have got me. What if that would have happened? A minute later, yeah, a minute right. later, yeah, or thirty, 30 seconds, seconds later. later. So it's like one of those things. All these things go through your mind, and it's like a, such a freak, like uh, occurrence. But it could have been a freak accident. Yeah. You know, it's really, really so, crazy. So did you all get back in the plane and take back off? We never got out of the plane. I was very confident, and then what I did is I did a longer. Once I got it firmly and I wiggled it both ways from the detent to make sure I was like firmly in the, in the detent, um, better than I was the first time, apparently, um, firmly in that detent, no slop either side. It was, it was perfect. Um, then I did another full power run up, did another mag check, no, another car repeat, And I let it basically run at like a thousand RPM for, I don't know, probably 45 seconds to a minute guessing. Um, I was confident that the 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 fuel lines were it, everything was fine so it's just the time it took from when i started up the engine to taxiing out even doing a mag check uh and then doing a full power run up checking gauges and then brakes release and then get all the way to 50 miles an hour going down the runway and all of that was that's what the fuel that was in the line yeah yeah you the go fuel a long way with i that. guess i don't and i guess i don't know when it rattled fully from just off the detent to off enough to quit the engine. Um, I guess I don't know when that happened exactly, but I'm assuming it's when I placed it not firmly enough in the detent. 
or shortly after that, you know, from the taxing, the vibe, the like bouncing and, and harmonics of the taxi, I think is what I presume did it, but I don't know for a fact. So I guess I don't know when that is, but in my mind, I'm thinking that it happened around when I placed it, thought I was placing it in the detent. And if that's the case, I mean, it's pro- it was probably a solid two minutes. Yeah. I'm, you could probably go two minutes after you shut the fuel off, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But a lot of that two minutes was already at a 2,000 RPM for the run-up. Yeah, that's true. Uh, taxiing. Yeah. And then I did a full-power static run-up on the runway and then went to 50 miles an hour. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a fair amount of your, fuel uh, consumption. Your wife wasn't then, uh, concerned about taking off after that? Oh, uh, she was like, we're good, right? It's like, yeah. Yeah, okay. Pretty yeah, sure. Nicole would have been, she'd have been <laughs> out of that plane and never back in it again. <laughs> Well, I'm glad it didn't happen to her then. Yeah. It, I was I, normally I would have been a lot more like, "Hey, we need to look at this thing," all that kind of stuff. But I was so sure because when I grabbed that fuel selector, and I'm like, when I looked at it, there's because there's a little bit of that parallax error. Like I can kind of see the line where the detent would be, and I'm looking at it because you're you're high above it and off to the side in the piper. It's on the left sidewall, and I'm looking at it. I'm like, man, that looks. On like on the line, so I I take it and I just give it a little bit of pressure back towards the line. It goes click. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! Yeah. And so then and then of course I was I I did a, a longer run up and a high power run up and all that stuff again and gave it a, a solid forty five seconds to a minute at idle just to make sure as best I could that everything was good and. I was pretty confident I found the source. If I didn't, if I wasn't confident I had found the source, I would have treated it completely different. Let's take it back, carb, look at, you know, prime, make sure the primer system isn't, you know, bleeding in there. Like I had no idea at the time. And that's just one of those things. Like I can talk, we can talk, everybody can talk about like what you do when. And it's like, I use the accelerator pump to get enough fuel out of the fuel bowl or whatever to get, well, that's the primer, I guess. Um, but I used I used the accelerator pump yeah. to keep the engine running to get clear of the runway. Like I didn't think about like um, in the air. You know, I I typically teach like a flow. You have an engine failure, carby mixture, primer, fuel proper tank. Those are kind of your big ticket items. I didn't think any of that stuff. I didn't think any of that rolling down. And I'm on the ground. I'm already on the ground. About as safe as safe can be, all things considered. And none of those things crossed my mind. And maybe if I had, the, from the time it happened to the time I got off the runway, I, I, I couldn't put it in seconds for you, but quick. But if you're in the air, and, and maybe you actually have more time to diagnose in the air. I mean, I guess you do, but depending on when it happened. You might have checked that if you had, were at 2,000 feet and that happened. Yeah, yeah well, okay. you definitely well, want to get the engine running you were, yeah. more than solve a problem. If you were anywhere other than like right after takeoff, I feel like you'd have time to figure that out. But if you're if you're a hundred feet off the ground, you're not finding that. You're not. You're not troubleshooting at that point. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, you're just looking for somewhere to ditch that thing at that point. Right. Yep. Right. Exactly. And that, and that's somewhat the mode, unfortunately, that I was in. I, because I had this artifact, I had limited options, kind of. There was a guy coming in in a Bonanza, and it was a wet off both sides. I couldn't just ditch. So, and I guess it doesn't really matter like what I really did, but 
um, my thought was I need to get this thing off the runway so this dude can land. That was like my only thought. And me, I, you know, I don't know, but it's it's just weird how you can talk about all these things that you plan and and you and you chair fly and whatever, and then when something happens in the moment, how much of that knowledge is just like, eh, whatever. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna meet the need right now and not go through all of these steps. Like you guys are saying right after takeoff, you're just going to land on that golf course, hopefully, or whatever is right there, you know, that farmer's field. So you were taken off to the north? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what would you have done if you say you're at 100 foot? Um, that one, I mean, yeah. So it would have been basically try to get it back down. If not, I would have tried to like knife edge it back over and land uh, to the west. Yeah. Scary. Um, yeah, yeah I mean, all, it all would have sucked. At that point, like, you're basically... But then I would have looked awesome. This way, I just look stupid. <laughs> if I would have pulled that off at 100 feet, have an engine failure, and then land on the other runway, then I'd look awesome. Yeah, but, if, that, if it went to that point, I would just turn the fuel valve back on and then be like, I have no idea. It just quit on me. You, <laughs> <laughs> you don't want to be like, oh, I had the fuel off. You know, that's yeah. that's embarrassing. So you'd just be like... Yeah. yeah, I have no idea. I think, so I talked to like, you know, the mechanic who was working on it and like we had, he's like, oh, I, I saw that all happen. It took three years off my life. And I'm like, it's not your fault. It's just, it's slick. It, it functions the way I'd want it to. It functions like it's a well-oiled, you know, piece of me- me- mechanical thing. It's not this old clunky plastic uh, fuel selector and like a newer piper. It's a solid metal handle and the fuel valve works really, really great. But the only issue with that that I found, which I will now be more careful about, is that it is you need to be very precise in your placement. As soon as it clicks to that detent, you're done. You know, you're absolutely done and make sure that it's there. But I, I learned and and thankfully not the hard way, um, you know, of, of how that one feels now and how it I guess functions and maybe one of the pitfalls of being so it just feels like lubricated. I mean, it yeah. just feels like a very Good free movement, which I which I like. You think that's how they felt originally? It's just now they're all so old. The ones we're using, that man, I I don't know. I I've never felt any fuel selector valve that has felt as free moving as this one does. Hmm. I like it, but that's something. To, I mean, I guess that needs to be th- thought about. You know. Yeah. I, I it's not like I feel like if you had it firmly in the detent and you go through turbulence that it's gonna go to off. I'm not in fear of that at all. But it is a very solid I mean, I, I now I don't want to go like anything past like as soon as that like get it moving and then almost have no pressure on it so that when it stops, like ha- put no effort into it so that when it stops, when it clicks into the detent, like your it's got enough resistance that your hand stops. I don't know how to really to say that, but it just, I just you can't put any real muscle into it, or you could easily take it past the precise detent and it would turn off. I don't know. Mm, scary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it opened my eyes. That's for sure. My other question but, is: You said you pulled on the runway, held the brakes, mm-hmm. and then released them. Yep. You taught me not to do it that way. You, on a soft field takeoff. So what's the difference? Well, you don't want to sink into the mud. I was on a concrete okay, runway. Okay, but either way, I still feel like 
if you pulled onto that runway and kept your speed going as you added the power, full power, you're going to be better off than stopping, braking, full power. So, okay. So if you are an out, if you are very not performance, if you're performance, well, no, li- yeah, yeah, not in the yeah. case, if, if you're performance limited and you normally suspect your engine and everything's going to be fine. Your best case scenario is, yeah, keep the momentum, especially in your case yeah. where you're kind of doing a 180 degree turn and then going. I don't yes. You and I actually tried it both ways in the 150 because mm-hmm. I did the brake hold thing and you said, nah, don't do it that way. And we, we went and did it both. I don't know if you remember doing it, but yeah, I did. Yeah. It, the rolling, the rolling start definitely worked better than the, the holding the brake. Yeah. You're taking five or so yeah. miles an hour right. into your takeoff yeah. roll yeah. that you wouldn't ordinarily have. Yeah. This case, not having obstacles, not really, you would be you would be ninety percent of the time correct. That would give you the shortest takeoff roll, and I mean, without getting out any significant, you know, uh, scientific measuring equipment and stuff, I'm pretty sure that's the quickest way to get off. Yeah, is the is the, the rolling roll. start? Yeah, the rolling. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there. I'm sure somebody can Google it and they'll find stuff that says otherwise, but done it a lot i've always felt that's been the best in this case i wanted to make sure since this airplane doesn't get flown regularly i want to make sure i got a good scan on the engine instruments that it was developing full rpm oil pressure oil temp all that good stuff that in this case was more important to me than every single you know inch or second uh off the ground you know because you you know you and you're you know like what you and i were demoing is like I only have 1,500 feet and I got an obstacle off the end. How am I going to do this? Me at 4,000 feet with no obstacles. So like I treated it, it differently. Really matter. Yeah. No. And and yes, your way, the the way you're describing, I think would have been better for me getting off. But the, the Good thing you would think abs- you every, get off sooner. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and if I did, I, I would think you I probably would have had, had enough, enough Yeah. Even if you were 10 foot off the ground, you probably would have had enough runway to yeah. stop. Yeah. Right. But yeah, you don't want to get in that in that position. But yeah, so that's just the most recent exciting thing that's happened to me. Yeah, that that rattle me. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that it would because I wasn't that rattled. I'm. I was. Yeah. I'm more upset with my. I am trying to self-diagnose that why I didn't. Um, go through kind of like the normal steps. Now, granted, I, I I was actually doing something, so my faculties were much more constrained than they would have been. Um, I think like in the air, you know, you have a little bit of time. The the emergency or the the only thing you need to do then is try to get the engine running because you have some altitude to play with. Once you you're kind of done diagnosing or trying to get the engine started, you're on to where can I put this thing down. I didn't have any of that. Like I had very limited um, outcomes. I wanted to get this thing clear of the runway. I kind of, by happenstance, found a way to do that. And if I didn't, I was going to stop on the runway. Um, that those are the only two options. And when I brought the throttle to idle, um, I I gave a quick look at carpet and mixture. I did do that, but I didn't go through a check the primer, check the fuel upper tank. I didn't do all of that again because in my mind I had already done that. Like that should be good, but. I um, mean, it wasn't, a, it was the fuel proper tank was the issue. I'm so confident and I changed nothing else, but I heard that click and I knew like, oh yeah, that was definitely it. Scary Larry. Mm. Um, I get scared I if I'm on takeoff sure. and like I hit a bug or something. It's like, a, 
light gust of wind hits the plane. Man, the more time I spend out of piston, anything, if they're running perfectly fine, that's still not as smooth as a yeah. turbine engine. Yeah. So, like, my mind invents, what was that? You know, what was that? What was that's that? That's how you I know? am, just because I don't fly enough. It's like, what was that? <laughs> you know? Yeah, right, yeah. right. Does that sound right? You know, it's like. Yeah, is that normal? Is that normal? I haven't heard that in a while. I yeah. fly this thing like twice a year. Is that how it normally sounds? I don't know. Right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Then you go over like open water. You right. go at night. I wouldn't go at it's night. It's like there's all kinds of new sounds I, and you go fly an airplane at I night. I wouldn't dare fly oh, at yeah. night right now. That's terrifying. Yeah. Yeah. Seems like it's going to force that screen. Yeah, Dan. The, uh, yeah, thing. this was just this weekend. This was Friday. Last Friday. This coming Friday. I was going to have the clock on there, but it's, I don't want to, it's just going to take over the screen. It's not going to be it good. It did. It did. I'll just, uh, yeah, I agree. Taking your headset off is terrifying if you're not used to flying that way. Well, yeah, we yeah. did uh, how many first hours with Dan right. or with Don? Dan. Yeah, he didn't, he didn't want us, with Don. We didn't wear headsets because he wanted us yeah. to yeah, hear When I did my private, I'd never wore a headset my yeah. whole time. Yeah. Do you remember doing like your towered stuff with no headset? Yeah. I don't yeah. even know how yeah. I did not bust anything. Like, I hope he's telling me what I want to do. Yeah. Because I'm going to go do that. I remember oh, like, that's right. First flight with a headset was the. It was great. Right after I got my license, yeah. check ride private. Yeah. Check ride. Because we never, we never used them. Yeah. All those old guys. That and those. Remember for the islands, they had those super flimsy telex. Yep. Yeah. Just a Just foam those, cover, yep. almost like a Walkman yep. with a mic. Those things. Yeah. Oh, my dad loves those things. Yeah. I could never do that. No, I don't want to go deaf either. Yeah, I'm. Yeah, I don't need any help in that department. All right, let's kick off the episode. You guys got your Detroit taxi diagram up. I gotta, I gotta pretend to be Detroit I'll get, oh, ground Detroit. and. Tower. I didn't know we were going that nuts, but yeah, Detroit, I will. Absolutely. Yeah, taxi diagram. Well, well, yeah, you're gonna be in the general aviation um, area of the ramp. When we start the episode here, Scott, and then well, I got to try to figure out exciting. how to be air traffic controller and get you to PCW. Well, once you're out of my airspace, then my job's done. You just got to do the comms to get back to PCW. But you start the East End General Aviation at Detroit, KDTW. I just went uh-huh. to AirNav and pulled up the, uh, oh, the diagram. They got a link for it. Oh, this is exciting. I'm excited. You see the general aviation area, is that? I mean, yeah, I go in there. What's the, what are the current winds? Lee, if you could pull that up. Uh, what the hell? I mean, uh, current winds. No, why don't, you, why don't you have Scott do this? Okay. I don't know. Scott, Scott's struggling to pull up. The, yeah, I'm still trying to find him. I just went to Sky Vector. Yeah. That's what I did. Okay. Here and I would probably be better. Okay, well, I'll help this along. So the winds right now, Detroit. All right, so we're East Coast. So it's the 20th day of the month. So the, yeah, I'm looking at a METAR line of code, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. KDTTW, Detroit, Wayne County, um, is 202253Z. So what that means is it's the 20th day of the month, June 20th, and it's 2253 Zulu. So uh, we're East Coast time. It's Eastern uh, it's daylight savings time right now, so we're a minus four. So twenty two two five three minus four is one eight five three in military time, and I hope most people know military time. So that's six fifty three p.m. was when this uh, came out, uh, and it says fifty two minutes ago. So that stands to reason here. 
Um, then now uh, it's one one zero one two gusting one nine knots. It says ten miles ten one zero SM, and then SCT stands for scattered zero five zero, which is five thousand. So that's in what I call flight level format. So it's a three digit code for your um, uh, for your uh, altitude. So zero uh, that was zero being the uh, tens of thousands. Uh, and then in this case, the five being 5,000 and the zero again being hundreds. So ten, uh, ten thousands, thousands, hundreds. Of, I don't even know if I'm saying that right, but that's pretty much what it means. So if it says scattered one five zero, that'd be one five thousand, fifteen thousand feet. Uh, if, or if it was zero zero five, that would be 500 feet. So that'd be an IFR day. Uh, today is scattered 5,000. Beautiful day here. 28 degrees Celsius. Ooh, and oh, while we're here, if, if I may. Yeah. A quick conversion for Celsius, quick, 28 times 2, so that's 56, plus 30 is 86 degrees. It's about 80, probably about 84 would be my guess. But take your Celsius value times 2, add 30, If you and that gets you close. If you want to be like pretty much right on it, add 30, then sub, or, um, add 30, then subtract uh, 10% of your uh, original uh, value, which would be 2.8 degrees. That should be like almost perfectly on. Um, is that all right with you guys? Did that make any sense at yeah, all? A little bit. I'm just Eamon's in the chat now, so I was just laughing at that. Okay. Going on. <laughs> um, yeah. Let's let's start the episode then. And we'll uh, Oh okay, I thought we had. Okay, I'm oh, sorry. No, I got to do the... just shut up about aviation shit, I guess. Yeah. No, I just that's what good. Are you drinking there, just... This what's is it? a What's everybody drinking? Yeah, yeah, I mean people they're already yeah, checking yeah. in, telling us what they're blueberry drinking, which wine. I love. Who's drinking blueberry wine? Yeah. You are? Yeah. TB Briggs 95. Scrambling to get his beers. This was a while ago. He's probably got his beers by now. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Go back because yeah, I'm I miss so many. I, I saw a cigar somewhere. That's awesome. Aviation Mike is uh show prepping with screwball peanut butter whiskey. Oh yeah, I did see that too, which I've never had, but I've heard people like I mean people like I kind of trust say how awesome it is. So I do need to try that sometime. JC Aviator is uh enjoying a cigar. And monkey shoulder scotch whiskey. I've got a Captain Coke going, but I only have one little mini can. So I just had to make the rum extra strong because I only had a little bit of Coke to fill the rest of the glass. And that's the way it should be anyways, Rob. Yeah. Like we need Coke's, to get you to straight rum. Bad that, for you. That's my goal well, if for it's you. Hi, if it's higher end, they'll do it. Like my buddy, is, we just, he just had like a, I forget how many year age, just like the $80 version of Pilar. Has right. Like, I remember it, you telling me about this. The cap's got a little chain. Oh, this is mm-hmm. like two days ago. I haven't talked to you since this. Oh, okay. It was over the weekend. And so it was another story fantastic. of another great I was just bottle. Throwing a splash of Coke in there. It was all it needed. Why would you even do that? Just it disrupts the taste a little bit. Rum <sighs> is not like whiskey. It's there's plenty of people that probably drink rum. Oh, straight. sure, yeah. Okay. But it just it takes a little bit of that angry bite out of the rum. You just throw like a small splash of Coke in it. Okay. Um yeah, okay. Well, I guess continue if you want. Oh, no. Let me, I guess let me answer Scott's question. So this is a uh, Crushworthy is what it's called by Great Lakes Brewing Company. Um, it's called a low-cal citrus wheat. Um, and it's it's not bad. It's kind of like a Sam Adams Summer Ale, which I, I like too. Uh, it's an ale with orange and lemon. But what I like about it, it's only 4% alcohol. So you can just like... You can slam them. 
Yep, that's the plan. <laughs> you at home, right. Lee? Yeah, new house, yeah, though, yeah. you know. So it's a little bit of a different yeah, scenery. Yeah, the background looks different. Yeah, we're, I mean, work in progress. Yeah. All right. Okay. I'm, I'm going to... I'm, I'm, Barb was talking about how much she loved the music. When the Thank you again, Tyler, Barb, and Jared for helping us out here um, with episode... Mm-hmm. 135 and 136. Uh, mm-hmm. In there was mentioned how much they love the show. I've, I've, I've decided I've, I'm kind of sick of that, so it's not going to be that. I don't know what it is yet. I'm just going to choose stuff at random. Um, so I'm not going to do intro music, so we're just going to, yeah, we're going to start it. Hold on, hold on. Eamon, I'll, Eamon I'll asked me if post. my dad drinks Bailey still. Uh, I don't think he drinks it regularly, but he does enjoy it <laughs> If on occasions. It is one of his favorites. JC Aviator, yes, we did Plantation Room. Um Andreas got us a bottle yeah. that we drank yep. Um, yep. last summer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's a good one. Recording. That is a good one. Yeah, that was a good rum. All right. Three, two, one. Okay. We'll just X off that clock. Um, somebody said something here. So many things. There's so much stuff going on in the chat. Are mine um, sending twice? It's showing twice on mine. You're what? You're what? Like my responses in the chat. I don't even see your responses. I don't see your responses either. Oh, more right rudder? Oh, oh that's, that's you? you. Okay. Yeah. I had no idea that was you. No. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No. It's just showing one. Uh, I should have. I guess I'm an idiot. I didn't even really think that nobody knew what that was. Okay. Yeah, that makes a lot better sense. Um. So to answer, uh, Ian said, Lee, what do you say when the active runway is four? Is runway four left downwind four four? Do you just say or do you say runway? So you're trying to ask me so that because there's not four four like two 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 number fours, um. I, I don't tend to say four ever, like F-O-R. I'm very robotic in my my uh, phraseology. So in this case, uh, left downwind four, whatever the runway is. It's, or zero four would be a nice way to break it up. If you want to add the extra word four in there, which I know a lot of people do, I don't. you don't need you to tell me it's a runway. I know you're laying on a runway. I don't need you to tell me extra stuff. Um, the only exception I really make for that is I like to make the left or the right as appropriate. I do like that. And I know that can add up to frequency congestion. I think it's worth it for a couple reasons. The main one that comes to mind right now, let's say you have an aircraft that is a, a student pilot or a, a low time pilot who's used to flying at an airport where it is right traffic some of the runways, all the runways, half the runways, whatever. And they are looking, they're setting up their their spot on the in the run-up pad, whatever, to account for that. I think just saying left, as little effort as it takes to just say left. Obviously, if you're changing what you say, that is a lot more effort than for me, which I've always started just saying left or right as appropriate. But I understand for somebody to change, that is a lot more effort. But the little effort when you're teaching somebody correct phraseology, and I'm not saying this is correct because it's my way. I'm just saying you address 
a lot more a, a wider swath of potential conflicts if you just say left or right all the time as appropriate. Um, that's just my opinion because there's people out there that don't give any thought to, oh, not every runway nine is right traffic. Some of them are left. Huh, that's weird. You know, they just, they, in all, even though we all know the default is left, just some people just get in their mind and I just feel like reinforcing that. It's just, I, it's too easy not to just say it, in my opinion. Yeah, I suppose. D3 said there's a Ford Tri-Pacer. For I Port think he Clinton. meant Tri-Motor. Tri-Motor, I would motor. imagine. Maybe. I don't know exactly what he's saying. Ford Tri-Motor from Port Clinton just spent four days here at Fred. I think that's Fredericksburg or Fred, Frederick. I, I guess I don't know. Uh, very cool. I don't. I don't know exactly what he's saying. Yeah, it sounds like the port. The Tri-Motor that's based at Port Clinton was at. That but airport. did he ride on it? Like, what's? I, don't I know. guess they, what's the? It spent four days there. I don't know. Could be a Tri-Pacer. Yeah, you don't know. You don't know either, think, Scott. That's what I'm saying. Ford I don't made know. The tri-pacer. Probably not. No. It wouldn't run very good if they did. <laughs> Be the best tri pacer ever built. Yeah, right. Uh-huh. 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 Um I was thinking Fairchild. I would have said look up the tail number of that one, but it's tri pacer, so that's irrelevant. Right. Yeah. Um I say runway so people don't think I just inadvertently ended the transmission early, but only when landing on runway four. Um, I had, but Jared, I had more right rudder way before, like when rumble started, I probably couldn't go get that now if I wanted it. You know, I had this for, I've had this for years, literally. Um, yeah, I, I don't know where we're going with that, but yeah, I, I, I keep it simple. So in the case of a runway four, zero four, whatever, one four, I, I guess that doesn't matter, but le- entering left downwind four whatever, uh, name your airport, poor Clinton. They don't have a four. But if you punctuate it, they know that you didn't end your transmission. And I think it's more important to punctuate at the end of your transmission, their airport, because again, people tend to not be listening or they're not ready to listen at the beginning. So if you say, poor Clinton traffic, uh, what are we saying? Baron 151 Whiskey Whiskey entering left downwind four, Port Clinton, Obviously, they had there was a, enough ahead, but when you start really getting close in and you're really shortening it, um, then people don't have the time to really tune into what you're saying to get the the big picture. So, uh, Baron One Five One Whiskey Whiskey Left Base Four Port Clinton. I'm never I'm never leaving anybody hanging. I'm not adding a four four. I'm not adding. Uh, left base four four, Port Clinton or Port Clinton traffic one five one whiskey whiskey, left base four four. Like I'm not doing any of those things. I'm I'm I feel like it's clean the way that I'm doing it. I don't know if it's landing, but I feel like it's cleaner. Um, say it at the beginning at least for the first few transmissions. If it was ATC, let them shorten it. Then you can shorten it. But in lieu of ATC being involved, um, wait till you're probably. You know, uh, if it's a, a, a beautiful Saturday, yeah, you probably need to start shortening it earlier or you won't even be able to get your edge, your word in edgewise. And it's just going to be muddy and nobody, it doesn't matter. I mean, everybody's situational awareness 
and spatial orientation of everybody else in the traffic pattern is like stupid. Nothing but squelching and crazy people crazy stuff on the radio. Yeah, I mean, if everybody were to just shorten stuff and give me the short and the sweet, if you're at an airport where you know there isn't, you've been in the pattern for an hour, beating up the pattern with a student, you don't need to make every call. I mean, it's like, I get what you're doing, but look at the big picture. You are muttering, if you're on 122.8 or 123.0 or 2375, 22.7, whatever it is, you're on one of those frequencies, it's a busy Saturday Use your head. If there's nobody else around, you don't need to make every call. Maybe make a downwind. Maybe make a final. Pick one. Just use your head because there's yeah, people actually, who have other I stuff to say. I usually only do the downwind if, unless it's like a busier airport. But a CFI doing laps in a pattern, just they have they're listening to the radio. They have the situational awareness of what's going on more than anybody else. Bingo. So Absolutely. they. Yeah, they can cut some stuff out, and yeah, safety's not compromised. Exactly. There's a so you're talking about an airplane that has one theoretically high time, well experienced and and versed in kind of their the day in day out flying stuff at their at the airport they're at probably or they wouldn't be doing laps in the pattern, and there's two pilots to boot, so it's like. If there was a case for somebody, two sets of eyes in tune with the big picture, if there was a case for somebody to not make every radio call, that's pretty much it. Um, so it's like, use your best judgment. If you're trying to install these these really robust core uh, skill sets, best practices on a student or a client, I get that. But on the other side of that, what re- instilling best practices in them and using common sense is equally as important, I, I think. Yeah. If if you can't hardly get a word in or you need to wait to get that word in, that's kind of a sign you need to maybe evaluate your tactic on this. Shorten the call sign and maybe just not make every single call. I don't need to hear an upwind, a crosswind, a downwind, a base, and a final. First off, those aren't required in the aim. And nothing's required even if, in the aim, Lee. Did you just say shorten your tail number? Yeah. If you're in the pattern and you're in touch, if you're making an initial call up, it's I think it's good practice. Whether it be you're calling CTAF, getting in, in in tune with everybody in the pattern, getting everybody in the pattern in tune with you, full call sign. Type of aircraft, full call sign. Same with ATC. If you're just doing laps in the pattern for an hour and you're trying to knock out 30 landings, shorten it up on most of them. If if you and don't don't do half of them, that's one. And then the ones you do do, shorten it up. Yeah. Scott, you there's people you, who have meaningful stuff to say. Do you do calls at uh, your own airport no. still? You said it got busier over the years. Yeah, I mean it is busier, but I don't do calls here. You still don't? Do, I, I've I don't think I've unless I know somebody else. Yeah, is if up I know flying, somebody's out, I can I hear them. I I did calls then. That's the only yeah. time I ever ever did yeah. calls there. Yeah, but it's just local I, knowledge. Yeah. 
I can go both ways on that kind of because I, I feel like s- skills just atrophy. Not this saying entering left downwind is that much of a uh, of a thing, but I don't know. Do you do all the calls at North Bass in the winter? I would say most of them. Really? Yep. Five five south inbound, you know, one know or inbound most of one. Them. I don't know if I would have done most of them in the summertime, let alone the winter out there. But I never it's, did. It's, the thing is, is what does it... God, you guys see how much I talk here. I mean, like, it's no effort for me to, to just key the mic and make a call. So that's more of like just a boredom call, like just to give yourself... Well, you could do. look at it that way, but it's more <laughs> no, of like just, an integrity call. Like, I'm supposed to. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so important. You hear I'm supposed yourself to do. in the headset? Well, when there's nobody to hear it, which is half the time. Well, you can hear winter. it in your own headset. What's that called? The um... side tone. Side tone. Yeah, you got the side tone, so you you can hear yourself at least. You know. Yeah, I'll just key the mic up and just talk to myself the whole yeah. time, the whole flight. Um. No, I just I know I'm supposed to, so Okay. I just do why not? Scott, do you see now that eight eight Delta's busier, do you see other people? Are there more people doing calls? Because when we were, were teenagers, um, like nobody made calls unless they were like from out of town coming in or something. Like you're asking me? Yeah, do you hear people? He doesn't fly, he doesn't hear them on the radio. That's true. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. Last time I flew was with Lee, like, I don't know, a while ago. When was that? I don't even remember when I that was. Know, but I need another flight review to get a chance. Well, I'm renewing my CFI this month. It's due in eight days. Yeah. Well, so I got a lot on my plate right now. But yeah, oh, yeah I, knock yeah. that out. Don't let that lapse. Well, I know. Scott's I know. not going to bitch at you. Yeah, I'm due for... He'll find a way. I'm due for another flight review. At least about that. Yeah. I guess my my point would be just like, just if you know that it's right, what's what's the harm in just making the call? It hurts. I just, it hurts I don't... It won't hurt your ears because you won't hear it because you don't fly. <laughs> it's because I don't know how to fly. Well, that makes two of us, but... Me. We gotta well, get that, that recorder. We... we Bought the the cord. We just gotta get a recorder now to record all of your audio in your plane, Scott. Yeah, and you can start flying more, and all the clips we can put in the show. And I feel like just yeah. I feel like that'd be entertaining. It would be interesting, right? Yeah, to pull one up as we talk about it and be like, okay, what went wrong here, and you know, whatever, and then let ATC chime in, and it would kind of reaffirm what went wrong. Yeah, there's all, all kinds of stuff. I lost the chat. My phone just died. So okay, we're gonna do a few more of these on. probably remotely. Because my transmission blew up, or else I was it would have been in Ohio right now. But when we get up in Ohio, we got to really dial in that Scott. That's got to be one of our goals to get your your airplane recording everything, like a like a Cessna one hundred and fifty black box, just for show <laughs> show purposes. And then, yeah, I just feel like you doing flight reviews just. General, you flying around. I feel like yeah. there's going to be some. I need lots of duel before I do any solo work. So. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Well, the duel will be entertaining, I'm yeah. sure. Well, if Lee put you through the ringer, whoever else you get, Eckle. Yeah. Somebody will put you through the ringer. Eckle blew me off. We'll have, we'll have the audio clips. Everybody just blows me off. We'll have the audio clips for the show here. It'll be good. 
Yeah. I can put it I can put it in here in the button next to the bottle cap. We need to get some live ATC for eighty-eight delta. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. That would be what's up? What's we going gotta, on in the chat? Is there anything? I get the ADS. I don't know, but I gotta go to bed. It's late. So I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna depart. Scott flying Guys, into Scott. Bravo yeah. recorded. We'll make Aviation Podcast Hall of Fame stats. Good see, good Tyler seeing you all. Later, see Scott. Time. Good night. How, how do yep, I see you, man. Leave, leave your browser, browser open. Up. Leave your browser I don't up. need to because it's already uploaded. Uh, oh, that's so, true. Oh, yeah, he's pre-uploaded. I don't know like what century <laughs> you guys are living in, but... Yeah, the, the internet gods have completely flipped. Yeah. Scott has the fastest right. internet yeah. out of the three of us now. So. He's not on the, he's not on the yeah, mere space station anymore. I, he's on the Death Star. Under, he's on the Death Star I don't even now. understand people who don't have fiber. Like, just, I mean... Yeah. How do you even how do you function? What's it like? Yeah, I don't know. Eamon, Eamon put the up finger emoji <laughs> to Tyler's comment. F- Scott flying into Bravo recorded will make aviation podcast hall of fame status. It's good stuff. We gotta do it. Yeah, we yeah, will. We will. Gotta send you into De- got send you in and out of Detroit for yeah. real. You have to use your I'll sign number, just though. As stupid though. Huh? Can't do any VFR flying, but yeah. All right, kids, yeah. I gotta yeah. go. All right, see you, man. Leave your browser up. I don't don't need to leave it up, Bob. I got fiber. You're only 99. We'll just say it anyways. As soon as I hit the hang up, it's going to go to 100%. Leave your browser up until... It's not at 100% now. It's not at 110% right now. What's yours at? You're still talking. You're still talking here. What's yours at? You're 99. Uh, Where's it at? All three of us are 99. Oh, yeah. So what are you paying for? You're paying for all that Google? Or the fiber? I got Frontier. It's probably cheaper. It's like $40 a month for fiber. This oh, internet's man. free. I'm not paying for this at all. Well, it's, nothing's free. Okay. Nothing's free. You're paying for Somehow it somewhere, but yeah. Go. Okay, go. bye, Scott. We got to go. We got to get to more important Thank stuff. Jesus. <laughs>